It's the Rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour et bonsoir. C'est Simon ou Simon in English. Welcome to the Rendezvous. Before I go to your calls, I want to share a story, and maybe some of you will relate. Um, we were based in Chicago. So imagine there's a group of you know talk show hosts and great producers and and with the marketing from from us at Light FM, you know Kiss FM, and then there was WGCI and 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 we were all on the same floor like and we had so much fun, and then the pandemic you know hit us all and we had to separate and then go work from home. And yesterday I posted a, a video and you find it on on my social media at Univ Radio of me singing a song with a friend of mine from Kiss FM, Jordan. And it reminded all of us the good times. I miss the good times. I got to tell you, I miss good times in Chicago. And I don't know if you miss good times from two years ago, three years ago, from this life pre-pandemic, but I, I miss good times. But what I'm excited about is to be able to be a humble servant and talk relationships every night with you. So you call that next. Bonjour, Brittany. Bonjour, Simon. Uh, what's going on tonight? How can I help you? How do I get my partner to do the dishes? <laughs> the dishes? Uh, yes. It's a constant battle. And I'm tired of just nagging him, you know, and being disappointed. That's not working. And that, that can't be helping our relationship. But I shouldn't have to do the dishes all by myself every single time. So how do I get him to take it seriously? Yeah, um, how many uh, years or how many months you've been living together? We've been living together for a year. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, did you guys ever talk about, like, you know, because we talked, you know, what's the DTR, we define the relationship and we're exclusive, but there is also the talk about, you know, what each should do in the house. Have you had a talk, you know, at one point about, I do this, you do that, I do this, you do that, or not yet? No, I guess not explicitly. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's very important to have. He has to understand that in the house, it's 50-50. We don't have to do the same thing. Like it, it doesn't mean like he has to cook every day or you have to cook. But I mean, it's important that you know, when it comes to love and relationships, sharing equality is equilibrium. And if we don't have an equilibrium, the relationship's going to go down the drain. What do you feel is his resistance? Why is he giving you such a hard time about the dishes? This is no big deal. So why, why is it so hard for him? Like, I mean, we both don't, incredibly enjoy it but he always says I'm just tired so it's kind of frustrating because you know if he's tired I don't want to force him to do something but I think that he's really just using it as an excuse at this point to never do them yeah but I mean he does other things is he, is he doing a lot of good things outside of the like is he cleaning or is he cooking what is he doing uh, he loves to cook and he's a very neat and tidy person generally so like he will dust spontaneously or vacuum a lot it's just the kitchen and the dishes that's the problem i mean i do that stuff too but he's really good with vacuuming so how about this deal do you think you guys can write each what you like to do and then stick by it and then it's like not even a discussion it is what we have agreed to do every week or every month I mean, I've never thought about like explicitly saying it. So I think that's a good idea. And then it's kind of written down. So yes, yes, we kind of it's like the rules on the fridge. You know, when you were little and your parents were on the fridge, do this, don't do that. I don't know if you had that when you were little, like on the fridge, your parents do, do this, do that when you have brothers and sisters. 
the, the yeah, rules. The, the weekly chores. <laughs> yes, that's it. Same thing. Yeah, you're right. So it's weekly chores. Okay. Yeah, I'll yes. try it. I, I think that's good. Thank you. Good. You're most welcome. Good luck to you, Brittany, and I hope that works out. Okay, thank you, Simon. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, you know, when you start a relationship, the famous DTR, define the relationship, what should that include? Let's talk about that next. So, you know the expression DTR, define the relationship? And we use it mostly about the exclusivity clause, like we start dating, we like each other, and then the DTR, the talk, which is great to have. We're going to be exclusive. But what should that include, really? Because I think exclusivity is step one, of course, but then what about all the rest? We were talking with Brittany just a couple of minutes ago about the fact that her boyfriend doesn't want to do the dishes and all that. And I said, did you ever discuss that? And she said, no, in the DTR, I have not. So what should the DTR include? So the first thing is the exclusivity clause, meaning we can't see other people. That's, that's a given, agreed. What else would you put in that? What else should we talk about? Stay with me, I'll tell you next. So if you're about to enter a new relationship and you're sitting down in the living room with your new partner, things are going great, you have the talk, DTR, define the relationship, exclusive, checked, yes. The next thing you need to talk about, frankly, money. Money. Who's going to pay the bills? Who's making what? Uh, is there any, you know, uh, debts to have to look for? Who's going to pay what for the rent? Who's going to pay the utilities? And so on. It's not an embarrassing talk to have. It's a healthy talk to have. And then the third topic in the DTR is who's going to do what in the house? Who's going to do the laundry? Who's okay with doing the dishes, the cleaning, the cooking? And then it's 50-50. And you write this down. Rules, like on the fridge or wherever, on the magnet. Because it's, it's those three things, exclusivity, finance, and who's doing what in the house that will guarantee you a wonderful future. If you miss those talks... It's going to come back and bite you in the derriere. So it's better to talk than to be bitten in the derriere. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I'm in a funny mood tonight. You call the next. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Jesse. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Jesse. What's going on tonight? How can I help you? Okay, well, my boyfriend has four dogs with his ex-wife. And... Mm -hmm. Right now, they're kind of doing like a doggy custody type thing where some weeks we have the dog, some weeks she has the dog, and I really don't like it because um, they see each other all the time. They're texting each other about the dog, and these dogs on top of that are also really badly behaved. They're not house trained. They wear diapers, and I'm just really fed up with it, but I feel bad because I know he really loves these dogs. Uh, so... Ideally, exactly. Tell me again, what would you like to do with the dogs? I would like to never see these dogs again because I just feel like they're still, they're just another part of his old relationship and they're not really letting us move forward in our relationship. I see. What would you say if instead of dogs, it was a, a, a little boy and a little girl? I mean, children are different. You know, I probably wouldn't get into a relationship with someone that had children, honestly. I understand, but this is where you made a mistake, since I'm a dog owner too, a German Shepherd, but is we love our pets. And so when you talk like that, and, and I respect your opinion, of course, but 
I feel like maybe you're not understanding as powerful is the love between me and my German shepherds or, or somebody with a cat. Okay, so 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 my advice is is not to think about the dog not coming here. My advice is not to date somebody with dogs or children because it's it's fundamental true love between men and, and, and their pets and women and their pets, of course. So you don't think it's weird that he still like has a relationship with his ex and they're they're texting about the dogs and sending each other pictures? Like No, because it's be like okay for some that? it's like for some people it's like their babies. they it's like the the kids. So I don't think it's weird. I, I think I mean, I, you have the right to stay or not in the relationship, obviously. But um, I think you can't ever ask somebody who has pet not to be checking on them or what's going on. Don't be afraid of exes. My advice is exes are exes in the past. You can talk to her all day long. What, what difference does it make? As long as they're not romantic, you know, he can leave you alone and you can have some time by yourself. I, I'm not worried about any exes when it comes to dogs and stuff like that at all. So it's up to okay. you. But my advice is, is, I think, because it bothers you, to be honest, and with yourself and say, no, I, I want somebody with no pets, no children, and all for me. Yeah. Well, I really you love know? this guy, so I don't think I can do that. <laughs> well, then, accept to love the dogs like part of his family. And please don't spend any more minutes worry about the ex. The ex means in the past, you are his girlfriend today. That's who he loves. Okay. Well, good. That makes me feel better. Good. Well, Jesse, good luck to you. Thank you for calling and have a good night. Thanks so much. You too. Coming up, let's go to Nicolette's Instagram DM. She has a question about men. And that's coming up next. So Nicolette sent me an interesting Instagram question at Rendezvous Radio. She says, Simon, why do men that have stopped talking to me still watch my Instagram stories? It drives me nuts. If I'm not interested in someone, I don't watch their stories. But they do, and they even like my pictures too. Why do men do this? <laughs> I know why, so stay with me. I'm going to tell you exactly why men do that. Next. If you're a woman listening to me, have you ever had a guy that even though you've stopped talking to and uh, still watches your Instagram stories and sometimes likes even you know a pic or something? So Nicolette goes, but why do guys do that? Why? For one simple reason, Nicolette. Men are visual creature. And when you're a visual creature, you have immediate satisfaction to look at a woman that you find charming and attractive and all that. And it doesn't mean more than that. It just means I enjoy watching you or you pick. And they watch your stories because they want to know what's up. But mostly, it's a man finds you charming and attractive or this and that, wants to just see you, even though it's over or even though you don't talk to him. Because men have a natural sense of pleasure looking at a woman, if that's what you like. So that's why. You call the next. Bonjour, Irene. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Irene. What's going on with your partner? How can I help you? So I've been dating my partner for a little over a year and a half now, and he still won't let me sleep over at his house when his kids are there. And I know the kids, and they're really great, and I really want to be a part of his life. I want a partnership, but I don't know how to move things along if he won't let me prove that I can be a part of the family. So you guys been together a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little over. How long have you been exclusive? Uh, about a year. And you've met his kids? 
Yeah, I, I see them. It's just the, the kind of the rule is when they're over during the week, I just can't sleep over. And, and how does that make you feel? Honestly, really terrible. <laughs> um, I really want a family, and I know that he has trust issues from his previous relationships of letting them in too early and the kids getting hurt, but I'm all in, and I've expressed that, and I just don't know what to do. I think that because of maybe you had bad experiences, and tell me again, how old, how old are the kids? They're 10 and 12. Okay, teenagers. Um, so by the way, in a way, you're lucky not to have to handle teenagers. Not easy. But that aside, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. Every parent will agree between the age of 12 to 17. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, yes. So um, I think it has to come from him. I think you don't have to think it's against you. I think that uh, it's going to slowly come. You guys are not married, neither engaged, right? Mm-hmm. So once you get, you know, with another six months, another year, it's going to take time, but you're gonna, definitely going to get there. I have a good feeling about it. Just don't insist on it. Uh, he has his fears. And then slowly you work him. You work him. You talk about it, but small doses, like once in a while. Oh, I would love one night to uh, cook for everybody, or maybe I'll, I'll stay the night, or... And then, you, you know, every two, three months, you mention it. Um, okay. Because if everything else is good, it's going to happen naturally. But, you know, people are very protective of their kids also. And teenagers, I'm telling you, teenagers, yeah. oof. <laughs> we love yeah. them. But you want to, you know, so it's not romantic. And then there's crisis and yelling. So for your own sake, don't rush into the, 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 the spending the night when the teenagers are over. That's what I say. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. <laughs> All right, you take care. Bye-bye, Erin. Thank you for calling. Coming up, we're going to listen to Kelly's voicemail because she has a question about her husband that she needs my help with, so that's coming up next. So if you have a question 24-7, all you got to do is leave me a voicemail, and I'll play it on air, and then I'll answer, just like for Kelly's. Take a listen. Hi, Simon. My name is Kelly. Um, I have a question about my husband. Um, we're looking to buy a house, um, and right now we are in an apartment building. And my husband is one of the, I'm comfortable where I'm at, um, but he also knows that, you know, we would like to move into our house and, you know, start our family. Um, we've been married for about four years, and I just, I don't know how to get that fire under his butt for him to be okay with looking for a house. Thank you so much. Kelly, thank you for the voicemail. Uh, yeah, how do you get to uh, motivate your husband or your partner to buy a house? Uh, that's an interesting question. My answer is next. So this is an interesting dilemma that uh, Kelly uh, left in a voicemail here. She wants to know how to motivate her husband to buy a house, like bigger house, and you know have a family and all that. So here's my advice. This kind of decision has to be wanted by both partners, Kelly. And you have to charm him little by little. But I also feel in this economy that, um, you know, slowly is good. Because, you know, if he's comfortable where he's at um, and you want a bigger home, maybe it's more expensive and all this. So my advice is not to, to fight very brutally for this. But on the contrary, by little by little by little. Charm him to the idea. He's afraid, I'm sure, of the bigger house. He said he's comfortable in a smaller house. But charm him. 
charm the idea and you'll get there. But never brutally, never threatening, just smoothly, finesse and romance. That's my recipe for you. Thanks. You call the next. If you want to share a personal story that touch your heart, your soul, call the show 855-905-8255 and share the story with me. Bonjour, Rachel. Bonjour, Simon. So I understand that uh, you have a wonderful story you want to share with me on air. Go ahead. I'm all ears. Uh, my husband is a hopeless romantic. I just eat it up. Um, I remember when he took me to this beautiful beach hotel and it was supposed to be like a romantic getaway. And he got up early in the morning while I was still sleeping and snuck down to the beach and found all these shells and wrote, I heart Rachel in the sand with seashells. So when he came back, he brought me a cup of coffee and he opened up the doors to the balcony and I'm scared of heights. So what was funny was he actually wrote it a little bit to the side. So he wanted me to get out on the balcony and lean over to see it. <laughs> and I was so scared I couldn't do it. He had to take my phone and take a picture and bring it back to me. But it was just the sweetest thing that he got up and did it. And the funniest thing that he did it a little to the left. <laughs> How did that make you feel when he did that? Oh, it's fantastic. He just he thinks about me all the time with these little things that he does. And it makes life so much better. All right, listen. It's the little things that makes life better, not just the big things, the little things, the, the daily little things, the sweetness, the romance, the kindness, the caring. That's what makes a marriage and, or a relationship or partnership really works well, the little things. Well said. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing that story with me tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. So let me ask you this famous question. Do you want to know how many people your partner had ooh-la-la with before you? You want to know that? Let's talk about that next. So, let's be honest. Do you want to know how many people your partner had ooh-la-la with before you guys met? That's a question. I'm sure you've been asked this question by a partner in your life, or you've asked this question. How many partners have you had before we met? You know that question? And I posted that one on my social media, at Rendezvous Radio, and interestingly enough, 52% of you voted, no, I don't want to know how many people my partner has had before me. 48% of you said, yes, I do. I want to know how many people you've slept with before we met. And I've always said, a gentleman, do not tell. And a lady shouldn't either. It's nobody's business what happened before we met. It's our private life. So I'm not in favor of answering such questions. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. Merci beaucoup et bonne soirée. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.